0: Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived. Today is Pentecost Sunday. I want to let you know what this is about the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and each began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Today, I want to speak a message to you entitled, People of Power. Here's what I think. I think a lot of Christians and and even people in this church, we've been walking through this life without the power. We're walking through this life and we're good with God, the Father, and we're good with Jesus, the Son, but then people start talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and we go, ah, it's kind of weird. I don't know if I'm about that life. Well, today I believe God wanted to release some fresh revelation in this room about who the Holy Spirit is and is meant to be in your life. And he's meant to to give you power. And so today, I got a message for you. We're going to hear about people of power because God wants to release power in the lives of his people in this room today. So as you're seated in this room, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell him, We about to get that power. Tell them, come on, we about to get that power. You can be seated, church. So as our team uh, is bringing some things up for this message that I'm going to illustrate this people of power with, I wanted to kind of just give you an update as to what's happening. You just heard Sam mention Christy and I are going on sabbatical. So this is something that uh, is done regularly in the in the church as a whole for pastors after about seven years. And so we're about a year overdue. Uh, we hit eight years as a church in January. And our board, our elder board, who is our accountability as a church uh, for Christy and I as leaders, they really have been encouraging us that we would take a five-week sabbatical, so five weeks off. I'll be honest with you, I've na- never taken more than one Sunday off in a row in the history of Project Church, Chrissy and I. And so for us to take five weeks, honestly, is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, not because we love to work, but because we love you. And how many of you know that when you love the people of God and you love the house of God, it's hard to stay away. That's why I wonder sometimes how people can stay away for so long. When you love the people in the house of God, you can't help but be in the room, all right? And so I'm so glad you're here, and that's why we love this church, because we love you. We love the people of God. The church is not a building. The church is the people. And so what we're going to miss most is you, the people. But how many know, like, sometimes we need rest? And, and so we're going to take these five weeks. We're going to rest. We're going to rejuvenate. We're actually going to Disneyland um, with the kids not this week, but the week after, and then we're headed to Palm Springs from there for a week, then we're headed to Arizona for there for, from there for a week to be with Chrissy's sister and my brother-in-law and their kids who are around our kids' age, and then we're going to come back and chill for the last two weeks, and I plan on playing golf like seven days a week, so uh, that's just what I told Chrissy, it might not happen, I got some projects to do around the house too. Uh, but, man, we are going to miss you guys, but thank you. I want to invite you, though, to, to still be here, okay? Five weeks, I need you here. Here's a sermon series that's coming for the next four weeks. Check this out. We're calling it Best Sermon Ever, a sermon series. So here's what I did. I told these four guys, I need you to preach your best sermon ever. So, so you want to talk about pressure, And I'm telling you, these are going to be some good four weeks. So first, my boy, uh, Curtis Zachary, who's on the bottom left, he's coming all the way from Nashville, Tennessee to preach to us. He's actually preached at Project Church before a few years back. It's been like four years probably. And he's amazing, and he's going to encourage us. Then week two, Lauren, um, our, our associate pastor, is actually going to teach from his book that he just released. And then you're going to be able to buy the book afterwards. He'll have some copies here on site. So you're going to want to be here. Then the third week, uh, my guy Jason Kane, who's in the top left, he is the one of the campus pastors at Bayside Blue Oaks in in uh, Rockland. He's going to be here. He's one of my golfing buddies. We play golf like two times a month probably together. And then finally, Lor- or I keep doing that. Sam, our youth pastor, is going to bring the word in week four. So best sermon ever. Who wouldn't want to be at that series? Uh, so be here, and then the fifth week we're going to jump back into the book of Mark, and then actually on the 4th of July we'll be back. So Sunday is the 4th of July, who knew? And, uh, and we'll be here, and we're excited. But today I want to jump into this message entitled, People of Power. I do think that the church as a whole has been apprehensive of late to the Holy Spirit And I think it's because we don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit. The term Pentecost, because I said this is Pentecost Sunday, some of you are going, what the heck is Pentecost? Like, I don't get it. Uh, This is obviously rooted in Acts chapter 2. It says on the day of Pentecost, uh, Pentecost was a Jewish celebration. And so there would have been thousands of Jews that came into Jerusalem, into the city center, to sacrifice, to worship, to celebrate, to eat. They would have called it the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of 50 Days. Pente, meaning 50, so this is where this term comes from. And they would have been in rabbinic tradition celebrating Judaism. They would have been celebrating God and sacrificing to God and worshiping God On this day uh, of Pentecost. And on that day is when the Holy Spirit descends on the upper room. The disciples who are in the upper room. Who have waited because Jesus told them to wait on the Spirit of God. Which was going to endue them with power. So that's where this term Pentecost comes from. And and in modern day Christianity we just kind of pick the day uh, that we celebrate Pentecost Sunday. Which is today. And I think that. A lot of us have been living for God, like in this room, most of you are here because you're living for God, but you are not listening to the Holy Spirit. And we're not listening to the Holy Spirit because we don't understand Him. Like you're okay with the Father, God the Father. You're cool with Jesus the Son, because I mean He died for me, so I'm cool with Him. But then we hear the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and we're like, "Uh, I don't know about all that. And well, I, I, I'm not really vibing that. I don't really understand that. So I'm going to stick with God the Father, God the Son. I'm, I'm cool. And we're missing out on the one that Jesus said, it's better that I'm leaving because one is coming that is going to endue you with power. John 14, 16 through 18. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Everybody say Helper. To be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor is, nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is him, the Holy Spirit. The world doesn't get the Holy Spirit. But what bothers me and troubles my spirit is that the church today doesn't get the Holy Spirit. Like, the world shouldn't understand it. But the church should walk with it. Should walk with him and step with him, listening to him. Letting him operate through us. I think that the reason we have a hard time with the Holy Spirit is because we don't see him as a person. Like we we see him as a presence. We see him as a power. But we don't see him as a person. And you can't walk with the person of the Holy Spirit if you haven't personally got connected to the Holy Spirit. And until we see him as a person, he won't get personal with us. And so my challenge to us is that we would begin to see the Holy Spirit as a person. Because if we see him as that, then he can become what he was meant to be in our lives in this world. So when it comes to the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you've got to understand something. The Father is already done designing. He laid out the formation of the earth and then rested. He laid out everything that was going to happen on this earth. He's done designing. His design has, is done. The son, Jesus, is done dying. He already died. It was a one and done thing. He died and, and paid the price and, and, and bridged the divide so that we could come to the Father. But the spirit is still moving. You need to hear me. The spirit is still moving. And what? What makes me so uh, uh, disturbed in my spirit is the reality that the spirit is moving, and yet so many Christians have no idea or no concept or no understanding and aren't in touch with him. And he's the one moving. He's the one in operation. He's the one that wants to flow through us. So what I want to do, I want to help illustrate this, and I'm going to do a little teaching today. I'm going to try to pack in like four sermons into one week. I'm gone for the next five weeks, so I hope you don't have any brunch plans, because I'm going as long as I want today. Come on, somebody. Some of you are like, oh, snap, I came to the wrong church today. I'm playing. We'll have you out of here at a decent time. So let me just lay this out because I want to do a little teaching so you can understand the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit better. So first of all, they're all God. We call them the Trinity, the three in one. Now Trinity is not a biblical term. It's a term that, that we came up in Christianity to define and to explain this personhood of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But we see throughout Scripture, it says over and over, we are one. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. We are one. There is a three in one. So we have God, God, and God. God, God, God. So what are their titles? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. Ever say all God. They're all God. But they're three individual persons within A trinity forming one. They all have specific functions. So first, God is provider. He has provided everything we need for life, for godliness, for good works. He gave the first command to Adam and Eve. He said, go subdue the earth, be fruitful, multiply. He gave us everything we need in this earth to live the life we're meant to live. He is provider. God the Son is Savior. Without Jesus, we could not have life and life eternal. Without Jesus, we could not uh, of, of, of cross over from death into life. He is Savior. And then God the Holy Spirit is helper, advocate, power. This is what scripture tells us. We see The roles and the functions of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And yet so many Christians do not understand this. And so we we get God the Father, provider. Yeah, 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 that makes sense to me. We get God the Son, Savior. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. I want to be saved. But then God the Holy Spirit, this helper, an advocate, or power, we're, we're still not sure. So let me... Explain your status or their status, because this is so important for us in how we function on this planet. So first, God's status is he's set apart or holy. You see, God can have, he's so holy that he can have no part with sin. Which is why we could never come to God the Father without an intermediate in Jesus. Our sin would make it so that God cannot even be in our presence because he's so holy and so set apart. And yet Jesus, the Savior, his status is he's seated. So Jesus paid the price, saved us, was the intermediary, the go-between, the recompense, the sacrifice, so that we could, as unholy people, come and stand before God as clean, washed away, sinless, not because of us, but because of what Jesus did. But then what did Jesus do? He died, paid the price, took our place, became the sacrifice, died the death that we couldn't have died but should have died. And then he rose again, and then he ascended to heaven. And it says that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So God the Father is set apart holy, God the Son is seated, and God the Spirit, Holy Spirit, his status is active here on this earth. So where are they? Location. God's in heaven, or God the Father, God the Son's in heaven, and God the Spirit is moving here on earth. I needed you to understand this because this makes you realize, okay, I need to know the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that is moving on this earth. That is moving in my life on this earth. That is moving all around me on this earth. God the Father, heaven. God the Son, heaven. God the Spirit, here in us. Flowing through us. Operating around us. So I hope this this helps to frame the importance of knowing the Holy Spirit, of understanding the role of the Holy Spirit. So what I want to do, I want to transition, and the Holy Spirit in us means more power through us. And when there's more power through us, we have greater purpose in us. And I think that the reason a lot of Christians are walking around and they're like, what's my purpose? I need my purpose. I'm searching for purpose. They haven't figured it out because they're not tapped into the power. And when you're tapped into the power, you find your purpose. But when you're trying to do it in your knowledge, in your strength, with your, the tools you've made, let me tell you, it's hard to know your purpose. So, I want to talk to you about the three baptisms because, again, that should have been one whole sermon. Now I'm moving on to sermon number two. Because the three baptisms are something that I think the church doesn't understand, but this is how we tap into the power, all right? And I want to explain this to you. How do we how do we tap into the power? We tap into the power by understanding the three baptisms that we see in Scripture. So the first baptism we see in Scripture is baptism in salvation. So when you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. Let me explain this. John chapter twenty, verse twenty-two. Jesus has just died and raises again. He runs into the disciples. on on the road, and as he runs into them, they don't recognize him, and then finally he opens their eyes. They're like, oh, my goodness, it's Jesus, and here's what he says. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So upon salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit. Why am I showing you this text? Because a, a chapter later, he says, now wait. Go to the upper room and wait because I'm going to send a helper, an advocate. I'm going to send power through the Holy Spirit. And so this can be a little confusing because it's like, wait a second, he just breathed on them and said, receive my Holy Spirit, but then he's telling them to wait on the Holy Spirit because there's different baptisms. First is baptism in salvation. Upon salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit, baptism number one. Baptism number two is baptism in water. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Mark sixteen sixteen. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. What am I saying? It is a biblical command for you to be baptized. If you have not been baptized in water... I'm talking about physical immersion, then you are being disobedient to the commands of Jesus. I'm coming in hot today, all right? <laughs> now, we see the thief on the cross, he doesn't get baptized, and Jesus says, You know, you'll be in heaven with me today, the one that believes. So, do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? I would say no. But if you willingly are not being obedient, in taking this next step, then I would say there's a chance. <laughs> so my encourage to encourage, I mean, the thief on the cross was about to die; he couldn't be baptized. That's the grace of God. But when you have the opportunity to decide to be baptized in water and you don't, you're walking in disobedience. This is the baptism in water, and I'm going to illustrate this in a moment why this is so important. Second baptism makes sense. Third baptism. Holy Spirit baptism. Wait, wait, wait. I thought there's already a baptism with the Holy Spirit in number one. Yeah, that's baptism and salvation. Holy Spirit baptism, we would say, is a second infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says this after He speaks to them and says, receive my Holy Spirit. He says, wait. Wait. I read it earlier in Acts chapter 2. He says, wait on the Holy Spirit. There is a third infilling of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we got to wait. Who here likes waiting? I don't like waiting. Oh, oh, he does. He likes waiting. You're lying, bro. Don't lie. I don't like waiting for anything. I need it now. I want it my way, on my time. I need it now. And yet, Jesus said, wait. There is a second infilling which is released through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in the early church, in Acts chapter 2, it started with tongues. Now, this is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're going to throw this up for me. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit laid out for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4-11. through And these nine gifts are laid out for us. Wisdom, and I, this, is a, this would be sermon number three, I just don't have time to preach it for you today. Wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in other tongues interpretation of tongues i wish i had time to, to teach on all nine of these and how they are in operation in our lives i don't but these are the gifts that come through the second infilling the third baptism of the holy spirit baptism in the holy spirit number three these are the gifts that accompany it and so as as paul's writing He actually says, I wish all of you would speak in tongues. So this is a great gift to seek for. But he says, but I'd rather you prophesy, because tongues are for the individual, but prophecies, it, it edifies the entire body. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, as I just told you, those nine gifts are there. It also says, at the end of that section, it says, the Holy Spirit apportions to each as he sees fit. What does that mean? It means There are nine gifts, but the Holy Spirit decides which gift you're going to get. There are nine gifts, and some gifts he releases in your life, and others he releases in other people's lives. Some of you will have multiple gifts, while some of you will only have one gift. But all of you should be and should be walking in the operation of at least one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And these gifts give you power. The Holy Spirit, as a helper and advocate, gives you power the Holy Spirit was meant to help us in this life to empower us in this life to advocate for us in this life the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit actually prays for us did you know that that the Holy Spirit when you become saved he comes into your life he's actually praying for you you may not have anyone in your family praying for you because none of them are saved But you got the best advocate praying for you in the Holy Spirit. Three baptisms. And these three baptisms give you power. So I want to illustrate this. I know you all are waiting for this. Some of you are scared. You should be. Let me show you what this is. Robert on the camera is going to zoom in right now for for online and on the screen uh, up here We got, oh, look at that, zoom in, attaboy. We've got three outlets, but one power source. Come on, church. Oh, I knew you were ready. We have three in one. This is a great illustration of of the three persons Father, Son, Holy Spirit in operation. It's the same power source. It's one God, but there are three distinct persons helping us operate in different ways, fulfilling their functions in different ways. So, I can also illustrate this with the three baptisms. You see first, we have baptism in salvation. So when you get saved, Guess what happens? You give your life to Jesus and the light comes on. I mean, you walk in a room and you shine. You're shining bright like a diamond, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I didn't do that in the 9 a.m., I'm sorry. It just came to me. You walk in a room and the light is evident. You know, I I play a lot of golf. I've told you guys, and often I'll go out and play, and I'll get partnered with people that I don't know. And almost every time, they're like, man, I I love your energy. Like, I love your vibe. Like, you just have great, you got a great energy about you. And every time I'm like, let me tell you something. It's not because I'm a Leo. I'm not about that horoscope life. My energy... It's from the Holy Spirit because I'm tapped into the right source. i got the power. So when I walk, when I walk through my life, I'm at work. I'm on my job. Everywhere I go, there's a light that follows me. This is baptism in salvation. The light comes on. I want you to know right now when you've given your life to Jesus, There is a light. And some of you are trying to hide it under under a bush. Oh, oh no. You got to let that thing shine. So the next baptism is baptism in water. This makes sense practically, right? You are baptized in water because Jesus commanded you to. To give a public declaration of your faith. This is you going public. This is you saying I'm all in. There's nothing magical about the water. In fact, we always take it from the sink in the back. (laughs) What it is, is a symbol. The old sinful person you are is being put to death. And the new creation you are is being raised to life. It is symbolic that you are now a new creation and, and Jesus actually said to the disciples and he said to the Pharisees he's like you need to be born again and they're like what how do we go back into our mother's womb he's like no 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 not literally figuratively you are now a complete new creation let me tell you what happens when you get baptized in water when you get plugged into the source not only is there a light but the water is flowing It becomes a spectacle for all to see, and they see when you post it on Instagram, and you let people know, I've given my life to Jesus, I'm all in. You start singing, I got a river of life flowing out of me, makes a lane to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I got a river of life flowing out of me. Bring up a well, splish, splash within my soul. Spring up a well, splish, splash and make me whole. Bring up a well, splish, splash and give to me that life abundantly. The light comes on, the water flows, and you are a spectacle pointing people to Jesus. This is why I can't emphasize enough water baptism. We're doing it in a couple weeks, and I know y'all are going to do it now if you haven't. (laughs) Obedience. I'm going to unplug these to walk over here for the last one. So here's what I see. A lot of people come to the last baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit baptism. And they feel weird. The Holy Ghost. I don't understand Him. I don't know how to tap into Him. But how many know life is hard? Like marriage? Hard. <laughs> Chrissy will tell you. She got to deal with me. Marriage is not easy. Parenting? Oh my goodness. Y'all parents feel me. It is tough. Having patience is tough. They will they will wear on every last nerve that you have managing your money is hard majority of americans are in debt majority of americans don't even have 1000 dollars in savings let alone give to the church oh my goodness how could i do that can't even pay my bills it's hard purity especially in this culture it's hard And so what we do is, we're trying to battle all these things, and we're trying to do it in our strength. And some of you, you started looking at porn when you were a young child. You got pulled in, you got addicted, and now you you don't know how to get out of it. And you're trying to battle purity, and you got a plastic butter knife. And you're like, God, God the Father, help me. God the Son, Jesus, you saved me. Like, I, I, I got to I gotta conquer this thing of purity. Help me. And the majority of Christians, a lot of Christians are like this. Or maybe, you know, you got an accountability partner, which is good. Got another person to hold you accountable. Uh, you got that, you know, blocker on your phone. You deleted Instagram finally. But how many of you know, like, there's still girls walking down the street and it's easy to take a second look, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, again, you're still using man-made tools to handle so much in your life. I mean, we could go to marriage and same thing's happening. I mean, I, I had a good Example of parenting in my life. Or I had a good example of of marriage in my life. My parents, they're still together. So if I just do what they did, I'll be all right. And so you start attacking marriage. I got like the worst saw ever. And and this is what a lot of you are doing. I mean, at least it's kind of sharp. Some of you, though, you had no example of marriage in your life. All you've seen is romance movies. Your parents were divorced at a young age. Your mother was divorced and remarried multiple times. And now you're in marriage and you're just like, God, I'm trying. See, we're doing it in our strength, we're doing it in our power. But God said, I've sent a helper, I've sent an advocate, I've sent some power. And all you got to do is tap into the source. How many of you know if you just get tapped into the source of the Holy Spirit? I'm talking about Holy Spirit baptism today. And I'm going to invite you for it at the end of today. Because some of you need to get prayed over to get some power. You get Him, Sam's going to help me. You get. Him and you take purity and you go, all right, Holy Spirit, I've been weirded out by you. I've had a hard time with you, but I'm finally going to plug into the power. And then you go, purity? Easy. Hold on, Sam. We got to get marriage too. Purity? That's nothing. Marriage, I didn't have a good example. I saw my parents divorced at a young age. I've had challenges. But you know what? I'm going to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit for my marriage. Some of you need to hear this today. Because in reality, you've been walking through this life with man-made tools with what you learn from a self-help book, with, with a, a podcast you listen to, with the advice of some other couple. Not all bad things, but these are tools of man. But when we tap into the Holy Spirit, there is a power that makes conquering everything in our life easier. got Holy Spirit dust all over me. See, it's already started, church. If the keys would come back, I want to close with this right now. So about three years ago, I was on my way to a church event, one of our events. And I stopped at Starbucks for a quick coffee with the guy in our church. And as I was sitting there at coffee with him, Uh, This older woman, she looked like she was in her late 70s. She came walking up to us. It was about an hour from our event starting and about an hour from sunset. And she said, Hey, young man, do you think you could help me? And I said, I don't know, maybe. What do you need? She said, I drove here from Stockton because I was at an event at the Capitol. And I parked somewhere in downtown and I can't find my car. She said, I just had a highway patrolman drive me around for an hour and a half and we couldn't find it. She's like, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck here. I have no one to call. And I said, well, you know what? Like, I kind of know downtown. How about you jump in my car and we'll we'll take another crack at it. We'll drive around. She was like, I don't know. Can I trust you? I said, well, actually, ma'am, I'm a pastor and Here's our church website. If you want to check it out, um, you could call, you know, someone and take my license, take a picture of my license. I was, you know, just trying to reassure. She said, "Oh, you're a pastor? Well, I love Jesus too. Okay, I can trust you. Let's do this." So she jumped in my car, and we began to drive around downtown Sacramento. I said, "Jewel, that was her name. Tell me about this parking lot." She said, "Well, it was relatively small." And it was near some buildings. said, Jewel, that's not a lot to go on. But you know what? We're going to look. So we drove around 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. The sun is setting. Our event has already started at church. and, And they're calling me and texting me like, Caleb, where are you? And I was like, hold up. I'll be there in a little bit. So finally, Jewel said to me, you know what, Caleb, just drop me off. I'll figure it out. I'll just walk around. I said, I can't leave you in downtown Sacramento at dusk with no one to call and no vehicle. I said, you know what, Jewel? I think we need to ask the Holy Spirit right now to show us where your car is. And She's like, okay, let's pray. And I prayed a simple prayer because I didn't have a lot of faith. I said, Jesus, you know where Jewel's car is, will you show it to us, amen. She said, amen. We began to drive. I was driving on a one-way street for only about 45 seconds to a minute, when I passed an alley and I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, stop! And I literally slammed on the brakes, and Jewel went, oh my Lord! And I'm on a one-way, but I throw it in reverse, and I back up. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, the Holy Spirit just told me your car is down this alley. She's like, are you serious? I said, yes. I pull down the alley, and I pull up to the end of the alley, and there's a tiny little parking lot with 10 cars. And I pull up to a silver car right up behind it, and the license plate says, trust him. I say, Jewel, is this your car? She says, Jesus! And we both got out of the car and did a little Holy Spirit dance. We took a picture to celebrate the moment. She's actually come and visited our church a couple times from Stockton. Every month she texts me. In fact, she texts me. I just looked. The last time was on April 26th. So my next text is probably coming very soon, about once a month. And she just texts me to say, just want you to know I love you, I'm thinking about you, and I'm praying for you. Every month she texts me. You see, the Holy Spirit is still moving. The Holy Spirit can do things that in the natural we can never do. The Holy Spirit can show us a car in, in the mass of Sacramento that we otherwise wouldn't have found, that a California highway patrolman couldn't find. And yet with the Holy Spirit, He finds it, and He cares about even the small details of your life. He cared about Jewel on that Wednesday night, and He cares about what you're walking through. Here's what I believe, the Holy Spirit is in operation, and His power and his advocacy and his help is at our disposal and yet so many Christians are walking around only in the strength of what is natural I mean we're saved we're going to heaven but let me tell you we're not walking in our full purpose on this earth and I want to be a church and I want to be a part of a church that walks in the fullness of its purpose that we come in here to celebrate and to get guarded up so we can go out and release the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit in our jobs with our coworkers as we talk to our neighbors as we run across a woman on the street that the Holy Spirit is flowing through us we don't have purpose because we're not walking in the power and so today I believe God wanted us to take some time on, on This Pentecost Sunday, that we would come forward for prayer and we would ask God to release gifts of the Spirit within us. We would ask God to help us tap into the power, to the helper, to the advocate, so that we can walk through this life in a different way. God wants you fully purposed. Your gifts weren't just meant to be here, by the way. Like, it's great we get to use our gifts in the church. But let me tell you, revival comes when the church takes its gifts and releases them outside of this building. Releases them in our homes, in our jobs, with our neighbors, with our friends. That's when revival comes. It's not just about what happens here. It's about what happens when we go out there. But how many you know, we get built up here. We get girded up here. We get filled up here. And I think some of you have come in and gone through the motions and gone out. And I believe God wanted you to say, no, no, no. you're going to pause just a little longer. You're going to step out of faith and come forward for prayer. Because there is a price to pay to tap into the power. You know what the price is? Jesus told them. You know what the price is to tap into the power? It's simple. It's just waiting. Some of us are too busy. We got too much going on to wait. We're too busy doing and accomplishing and building and going. And sometimes we just got to pause and we got to wait. Jesus told us, "I was just wait." Just wait. But 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 God, I don't want to wait. There's a lot I need to accomplish in this world. He goes, yeah, I know. But if you wait, I'm going to give you something so that when you go to accomplish, you do it with power tools. Not man-made tools. Not earthly tools. And I think so many Christians, we're walking through life and we got two hands tied behind our back. One hand tied behind our back. We're walking in just a portion of the power that God has for us and we wonder why we don't feel the purpose we thought we would have at this point in our life today I believe God is gonna renew some gifts he's gonna release some gifts he's gonna remind you of some gifts he's going to reveal some gifts that you didn't even know were there but they've been bubbling below the surface So as we pray, and I invite you forward, our prayer team, our pastors are going to be up here. I want you to come forward. I want you to say, pray for me that God will release a gift, some gifts, the gift, whatever gift he wants. Maybe God's dropping the gift right now you're supposed to ask for. I want you to tell them, I believe God wants me to ask for this gift, and I'm going to wait. And it might happen today, and it might not. And so my challenge to you is that you would still wait keep praying keep pressing in keep waiting because in his timing he will apportion to each as he sees fit come on church let's not walk in just man-made tools when we have the power at our disposal we have the advocate we have the helper to accomplish all that he's calling us to accomplish bow your heads with me you're in this room you say Caleb Honestly, before I can tap into the power, I need to receive the salvation that you talked about. I need to surrender my life and my heart to Jesus Christ. I need my light to turn on. Your light isn't on for Jesus yet, but today it's coming on. Today you are turning from darkness to light, from hopelessness to hope. If that's you, you're in this room, you've been running from Jesus, you've turned your back from Jesus, you've never surrendered to Jesus, and today you need your light to come on. Lift your hand in this place. Go. One, two, three. Anybody in here? Yes. 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 Come on, church. Yes. Give God some praise for these hands that have been lifted. Pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, of my past of my mistakes, and of my future. Today, I surrender wholeheartedly to You. Turn my light on. I'm plugging in to Your power, to Your presence, and to Your purpose. I love You, Jesus, in Your name, amen. Come on, give God some praise again as you stand to your feet. Here's what we're going to do. I know it's 1224. I went way shorter than I thought I was going to go, so you're welcome. We actually have a few minutes, I believe, to worship and to pray. So our prayer team is coming forward. Our pastors are coming forward. Here's what I want to invite you to do. I want to invite you to come forward. Maybe you've never done this. You're uncomfortable. Let me tell you, nobody here is judging you. We're all for you. We're celebrating with you. Here's what I believe. God wants to release some gifts, some power that he's never released. He wants to remind you or renew. Some of you used to walk in gifts of the Spirit, but but you've just gotten out of practice. You need to come forward for prayer that God will remind you, renew you, and and, and reignite that gift that he has in you. Some of you don't know your gift. Come forward for prayer. Some of you are just saying, God, I'm open. What do you want to do? Come forward for prayer. We're going to sing. And I want to invite you to come forward. As we worship, step out. As we step out, I believe God will step towards us. Come on. Come forward, church. Let's pray. Let's worship. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District, We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.